So we're going to talk about the God of the lost and found today. God of the lost and found. Um, I was um, uh, in the the hotel where I stay. I had um, bought a um, filter. You know those gold filters that you can put in your coffee maker. And, and I thought, well, gee, if I can remember to take this with me every time. Oh, therein lies the rub. Man. Uh, so, of course, I forgot it. And uh, I was upset because, you know, once you walk away in a hotel from anything, anybody who works in a hotel will tell you, it's never there. We didn't see it. We don't know where, you know, that kind of thing. So, and and you can see a reason for that. It's really hard to keep up with every little thing that people leave behind. You would you would think it was something of really real value. They would let you know and so forth and so on. But anyway, uh, my coffee filter left me, left my position, and so I didn't say much to God about it. I was drat rats, <laughs> curse you, Red Baron, you know. <laughs> It was always just not not in a a a sanctified mood about it, and really don't remember praying about it. And so uh, this weekend they had forgotten a coffee maker in my room, and so I asked for it, and a little guy brought it in. So today when I went to use it, I see my filter in there from two years ago. So. So the Lord was telling me, he said, you're always telling people I'm the God of the lost and found. He said, but you need to start understanding what that means. And, and uh, you know, just, he said, I want you to understand it for you and for everybody. You know, preachers have a different way of receiving from the Lord. We receive day in, day out, <laughs> you know, anywhere, off the carpet, off the ceiling. You know, God has to speak to us any way he can. So... When he tells you things like that, then you get an understanding that he wants you to uh, believe it and he wants you to begin to bring understanding uh, to people. And so uh, that's why we're going to talk about the God of the lost and found today because I know that God has uh, demonstrated his desire uh, to restore things to me personally and to others I always encourage people uh, not to ever consider anything lost and I definitely don't uh, let people think something stolen uh, there's a difference in how you perceive um, you know the world that you live in the world that you live in is hostile to you but only to a certain degree there's a limit to the hostility and a limit to the world's power against a child of God and so we have to always hold on to faith and and get get control again so that we can see uh, the blessing of God come through for us so I have always discouraged people from saying someone stole something from them because there is only one thief in the universe that works against us and that's Satan and God is all powerful and so if we can stay out of Satan's ring you know his uh, he sets up a ring that he wants us to fight in and that ring is always has to do with being a victim wanting to retaliate being angry and accusing 
So if you can stay out of that ring and not accuse someone of stealing something from you or believe that someone has taken something, you can more easily flow into your faith for the return of it. See, if you give a human being power over you, you've lost the fight. And saying somebody stole something from you, even though it may be a fact, I don't know if it is or not. But if you go into that ring to fight your battle, you'll never retrieve what it is. Because mostly when you say somebody's stolen something, you're saying it's gone forever. You're saying you'll never get it back. And then you have to go through the, the ritual of accusing them of something and proving it and all that. Don't go there. Okay. We don't live in that kingdom at all. If you can keep it in the kingdom of God's ability and God's power to retrieve, restore, God is above all gods. He is Lord of the universe. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. So nobody can really steal anything from you. Well, you believe it if you want to. But see, this is why a lot of what we we desire is held up in the lost and found. Because God... Uh, sees everything he has control over things and he can find a return to you if you'll stay in the kingdom with what you're doing you take it out of his kingdom and out of his power and out of his realm and his dominion and you give somebody else the ability to hold on to it through accusation because you just hand it over to him so and so stole my so and so well you just handed it to him if you're a child of God your God is the God of the lost and the found he can retrieve whatever it is that the enemy takes from you but you've got to put it over in his ring see if you're happy accusing some somebody of something your mindset's wrong if you feel good saying somebody took something from you your mindset's wrong if you give it to God through forgiving and not accusing and let God have it and let God handle it, your chances are very good of having that thing restored to you intact, nothing missing, nothing broken. See, if I had accused the hotel people of taking my little filter like they really wanted, now you think about what you're saying. When you say things like that, when you accuse people of stealing something from you, you put them in a realm of power over you, number one. And number two, you set yourself up as somebody who has something of value that needs to be stolen. All of which come from your flesh. You know, let's face it, those are accusations, are fleshly things that if we will... uh, uh divorce ourselves from the luxury of expressing nonsense like that you got me then we will be in a much better position to receive things that are coming to us by the hand of God because he's the God who restores he's the God of the lost and the found he wants to give us what belongs to us he wants to freely give us all things but if you see yourself as some victim of somebody else's or you got to protect yourself from certain people because they might rip you off you're not really living as a kingdom person you're living as a mere human being that's prey to every 
person you gotta you know you gotta protect your assets i mean i'm not talking about being stupid but i'm talking about going beyond the normal realm security realm of what we do as everyday people living in a a society where there is the threat of loss uh you know we we had a, a situation um where we had to get a security system on our out barn because we saw where somebody had broken in. So I asked Tony, I said, well, what did they take? He couldn't tell me. <laughs> so much stuff in there. You understand what I'm saying? Come on now. We need to get rid of stuff. Nothing was missing. <laughs> you know, it let nothing that we miss. You understand what I'm saying? But if you see yourself as some kind of victim where people can rip you off, I don't care what it is. You know the your your car, your purse, your whatever. You know your stuff should be in peace all the time. You know you you should be peaceful about things and peaceful about your possessions because you're not here to protect them. You can't protect everything. You can't protect yourself from you. You know we're our own worst enemy, huh? Buying too much stuff, leaving it around. Somebody stole. Oh, there it is. There it is. Huh? Always some kind of victim mentality going on. Huh? It's the truth. (laughs) So anyway, our God is a faithful creator. In 1 Peter chapter 4, if you'll go there. Part of God's, we need to understand God's faithfulness to to His own self. He swore an oath to Himself to be God, and part of being God is to be faithful over what He's created, to be faithful over us in in everything He's promised to us. All the promises in, in the Bible that God's made to us, you can't enforce them. You can't, you couldn't even, uh, most of us didn't even know the goodness of God and what he would, and don't know yet most of what he has planned for us. And so we have to trust him. First Peter 4.19 says, wherefore let them that suffer according to the will of God. Man, whatever you go through in your life, make sure God's ordained it for you. They commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing. In other words, whatever challenges come to you in life, keep doing good. You got me? If you're in the will of God and you're doing the right thing, keep doing it. And trust your life to him as unto a faithful creator. In other words, he sees you doing good, he won't shortchange you. He sees you obeying him, he won't shortchange you. He sees you even when you screw up, repent and come back to you, he won't shortchange you. He doesn't hold our sins against us. Amen. Once they're confessed. And so we have to understand that God is a faithful creator. And he keeps his word because he's the God of permanent and eternal endowment. Which means that whatever he does, it lasts forever. Whatever he gives you, he gives it to you forever. Ecclesiastes 3.14 tells us that. And this is something people really need to understand about God because he's just not given us stuff. That's why he has angels to minister to us, to help us, to guide us in, in places where uh, we're not sure where we're going sometimes. 
Amen. But in in all things God is faithful and he will uh, uh, do things in a permanent. He's not meaning anything that he gives you to be temporary. He calls us to account for things because he's accountable to them. He doesn't expect anything from us that he won't do himself. Man. So Ecclesiastes 4 or 3, what did I say? 3.14 says, I know that whatsoever God do it, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, not anything taken from it. Whatever he's ordained for your life, he's ordained it forever. Nobody can steal anything from you and take anything back from you and, and uh, you know, cause you loss and harm because you serve God. God will protect that and perfect what concerns us. If it concerns you, it concerns him and he'll take care of it for us. God has established the world on his word and the word lasts forever. So whatever foundation it's built on, we rest on that foundation that endures forever. When God gives, it's a permanent endowment. He ensures this because he's a God who accounts for everything. Even the hairs of our head are numbered. The ones that are falling and the ones that are growing back. He numbers all of them. He keeps up <laughs> He keeps up with all of them. Amen. Believe they're coming back. Amen. <laughs> God has a destiny for us. In Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, he says he knows the thoughts that he has for us. Thoughts of good, not evil. Loss is always evil, folks. It's never good. Uh, I don't care what it is that you lost that you think was <laughs> was a blessing in your life. It, it's never good, especially if God's given it to us, folks. Now, come on now. So we're all important to God. He's the God of all of us, and he has a destiny for each and every one of us. And nothing is ever lost from his sight. Amen. It's never lost from his sight. And he returns what is lost, and and, and he restores it. The first thing that God wants to restore is to restore humanity that's been separated from him through deception of the devil. He wants to restore us into wholeness, soundness, and that only comes through relationship with him. That's the way wholeness and soundness comes to humanity. So don't ever think that it's important for, say, for instance, if you've got adult children. Don't ever put them having a good education and a good job ahead of having relationship with God. Because at some point, that relationship, that loss of importance through loss of communication and relationship with God is going to tell. You got me? At some point the job won't mean anything. The promotions won't mean anything. And the raises won't mean anything. And the degrees won't mean anything. What will mean something is the soundness and wholeness that comes to a human being when they know they have peace with God. There is no prosperity without peace with God. And so we have to be careful about that. You have to be careful about that in your own life. Sometimes you, you desperately so desperately want to excel. 
in a career or or in a uh, some kind of endeavor you know academic endeavor but that can't come before your your total wholeness with God because wholeness with God will do everything for you uh, you know you can you can compartmentalize your life if you want to you can put your career over here and your your personal life over here and God over here but God is the God of all of it and so if we'll put him first and make him Lord of everything and not try to push yourself through on anything or get ahead of God or or lag behind sometimes we lag behind God certain things he wants us to go out and conquer and possess and we're scared you know still sitting in the Frady box you know and so we we have to step up to it and stay in tune with God because he's a God that wants us to possess everything that he has for us you know sometimes we think well that's not that important you know there may be somebody down the line that's waiting on you to possess that so that they can get their share of it you you understand me you know sometimes people who are business people they get to a certain level and they get comfortable and and they see opportunities no i don't want to do that because it'll go it's gonna go you know that's fear and so many times the the our obedience and our possessing certain things is not so much for us but there's a kingdom that we're a part of that once you are playing your part in that kingdom and you're living out God's will in that kingdom there are other people dependent upon your obedience to God there's always somebody else depending on your obedience to God so we have to go forward and obey God whether we want it or not whether we understand it or not whether we want the responsibility or not there's certain things that he is is holding us accountable for he says he knows the thoughts he has toward us and his thoughts are not ours his ways are not ours his ways and his thoughts are higher than ours and so we have to understand that there are some things that we have to step into by faith but understand that God is a God who's restoring everything we don't know what's been taken from us because we don't know what loss we've suffered through the fall of man you know there are certain things that sometimes there are certain things that slip through and the devil didn't get his hand on them you know uh, sometimes you you might have a gift for certain things that that just comes through you naturally you have a natural ability and God does that to encourage you and then when you come into knowledge of him then the rest of it is unveiled and the rest of it is revealed sometimes your real calling and gift is is so much bigger than what you ever had in the natural it overshadows that you never pick that back up again you understand you, you just, some things you just leave behind because you realize God gave you that to encourage you and strengthen you as a natural person but the real ability and calling was hidden under all that darkness it was stolen away from you because of iniquity and blindness and darkness we don't even know who like Jesus told the disciples you don't even know what manner of spirit you're of you understand me there's so much we don't understand about ourselves and who are, who we are but God reassures us in Jeremiah 29 let me turn to that real quickly because that is such an important scripture because it takes us from from basic darkness and lack of understanding and darkness always steals from us I know one thing you turn a light on in your house and you'll find a whole lot of stuff you thought was was missing 
You you get up under that bed, man, you'll find some stuff. It's, oh, Lord, here that is. And I thought this, you know what I'm saying? He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace. That word peace is a biggie. That means wholeness. Nothing missing. Return of stolen things. Opening up your eyes to see who you really are. To see who he created you to be. Opening up your eyes to see your value and your worth. Opening up your eyes to see the value and worth of other people that you thought you wanted missing from your life. Now you see that that they're very important to your contentment. And he says they're thoughts of peace and not evil. To give you an expected end. In other words an end that you expect and that God expects. You both expect the same thing. And so only his restoration can put you in the mindset where you start to agree with what he sees in you. And you quit fighting it. Remember Moses when he first met God. He's telling God God met him and and told him you know what he was going to do with his life and he had a zillion excuses. We all have that. But it's a blessing when you can come into the same mind agreement with God. You can finally start seeing yourself the way God sees you. Or at least say amen and I'm not going to fight it anymore. You know that will hold you until you can get the real revelation of it you know. Sometimes we don't get the full revelation of who God has created us to to be you just have to go by faith every day I I see it right there God I think that's me I think I'm going to do that for you you understand what I'm saying and you just keep going on in what God has given you so God is a God who returns to us what is lost everything everything your soul that was was uh, was in ransom you know that was ransomed uh, through the blood of Jesus Christ now there's a process of restoring that to perfect wholeness and soundness so that you never feel like there's something wrong with you you understand we can get beyond that now because we serve the God of the lost and the found you were lost once now you're found and you're being restored into perfect wholeness and soundness nothing missing nothing broken where you don't grieve for anything that you don't have you don't feel a loss of anything that's not in your life yet no matter where it went who took it how long it's been gone or what condition you think it's in now you know my coffee filter I gotta sterilize it and I don't know where it's been but it's mine and I want it back and I got it back so it's mine huh (laughs) you know God is a good God he doesn't want us to feel he wouldn't be God he wouldn't be trustworthy if he couldn't do this for us folks I mean even down to the smallest things I had an earring that kept getting away from me and to be honest with you I got tired of God bringing it back to me so I quit wearing it you understand me I mean every single time I have oh Lord where's my earring and then in a day or two or right away I would find it he would show show me where and I didn't go looking and let me tell you another thing about God finding us you don't have to go looking for it he will lead you to it folks come on now all that looking and stuff that wears you out and it's frustrating you don't have to do that he'll lead you to where it is 
I was was uh, talking to somebody. I my, I pray with Miss Clydell uh, regularly, and so uh, she had said that one of her her grandchildren, I something one of the family members lost something or something, and um, she was. I was telling her. I said, "Well, we'll pray for it." I said, "You know, nothing's ever lost from God. He knows exactly where it is. So, you know, we'll we'll ask the Lord to to direct them to where it is." I said, "But they've got to get peace about it, and so He can lead them. You know what I'm saying? You can't be frantic." You can't be dialing 911 and ask God to lead you. You understand what I'm saying. You you get his peace about he's got it and, and then you move forward. But anyway, she had said that to the daughter and the I guess the grandson heard it or something. I think she was she was visiting with them and she knows, I know it was she prayed with the grandchildren that God would lead him to it. And so when the mother was all upset and he says, Mommy, um, just ask God to lead you to where it is. You know, and so she looked at him real shocked and she said, Well come he said, Well come on, let's pray and he'll lead you to where it is. And so you know, kids are like that. You know, they'll make you ashamed of being so brilliant. But uh, anyway, uh, they did that, and sure enough, in, in maybe a day or so, they had retrieved. It was pretty something pretty valuable. I forget what it was, but anyway, uh, you know, you can you can train yourself to expect God to retrieve and restore. You, we've got to train ourselves to do that, or we will have a very very much less than peaceful life on this earth. Because once the devil knows he can work your nerve with moving stuff around, because it's never lost. It's never lost. If you belong to God, it's never lost. The devil's moving it around on you. And he gets you it with darkness in your mind where you're upset about it and you start looking around suspiciously at everybody who got my stuff. Go put your gun on your hip. I know somebody got my stuff. Like you can go get it yourself. And so sometimes it's hidden from us. Because we get nutty. You know what I'm saying? God's waiting for a a relationship of trust to be reestablished between us and him. And he'll lead you to it. You know, this you gotta pay a price for this stuff, folks. You can't just be suspecting everything and then God shows up with it and surprises you and blesses you. You you got to get with him on these things and understand that wholeness is what he is he's not just giving us stuff, he's making us whole. There's a difference. See, there's a difference. There's a big difference. See, stuff can never make you whole. But returning of things is part of wholeness. Huh? It can never make you whole. But returning things to you is part of God's wholeness that he has promised us. First thing we said God does is he restores lost humanity to himself. We belong to God. Every human being that was ever created was created by God and belongs to God. God gives people time to acknowledge him. It's not his will that anybody perish. And he holds us accountable for our lives, our deeds, what we do in this earth, all of that stuff. And if we're held accountable for what we do, then we can hold him accountable for what he promises us. To restore See, it's one thing to get something that God promises you one time. But to get it again, you understand God. 
See anybody can give you something one time and watch you squander it and waste it. And see you suffer and say well I gave it to you what would you do with it. You understand what I call that bad parenting one on one. Even though it works with your kids. You understand what I'm saying. It, it works with them sometimes. But because we don't have the power to totally restore. We don't have the power for that. But but we can make our children whole. Y'all get what I'm saying? You you can make you can make anybody whole through the way you treat them. Through love, through understanding, through forgiveness, taking time with them, imparting what you have that's good to them and blessing them. You can make people whole that way. You can have a house full of whole children that wear secondhand clothes. The Duggars do it every week. I'm telling you, them people are a sign and a witness to what God values you know we watch them and you know I know I look at them little denim skirts I said man can we run some new skirts in this you know what I'm saying I mean that's that's the way we in carnal but see those people live so far above how they look what they eat what they're going to wear you understand what I'm saying because they have God in them them kids are whole They know how to, to live in, in fellowship and harmony with one another, blessing one another. Yeah, you know, I was reading the book and the mother doesn't let the children make fun of one another. I said, man, that's a kind of accomplishment. But they stop it right at the root and, and they bless those children and they give them scripture every night before they go to bed. They have Bible time. Take a stack of Bibles. Up the steps and everybody takes that time to go over their day and to go through the word and talk about how the word, obeying the word can help them to do a better job with that. See, they'll put up with shenanigans and think they're cute. Huh? So they, they rely on wholeness and soundness and they communicate that to their children and then the stuff doesn't matter so much. You got me? The stuff doesn't matter so much. You take people who are whole. I mean they're, they're at peace with themselves. They're at peace with God. They're at peace with their peers, family members, surroundings. You take, they don't need anything. They have no want for anything. Because they're following the shepherd. They're following him. They have no lack. You know you, it'll shock you what the right company will do for you. To shock you, you know, there are people that are going to churches and and never feel like they connect, and then there are people who come in and feel like, oh, I feel just right at home. You know, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, the right company will will make a big difference in your life. It'll make you either feel whole, or if you just don't adapt to it, you'll miss the whole thing. But but having fellowship with God has a tendency. To fill us up to the degree that nothing's ever missing from us. I don't care how long you have to wait for it. Sometimes God's waiting on you to get, get tired of waiting on it and decide you're not waiting anymore. You're just enjoying Him. And then it shows up. Amazing how that works. So God holds us to His standard, which is responsibility and accountability. He says every man will give account in his body for deeds done on this earth. 
You got me? And so that applies to everybody. That you're not exempted because you're a Christian. You've got to give an account of what you do with your day before God. Everybody has to. And so if he's holding us accountable for what we do, he's holding himself even more so accountable for what he does. Because he's the one who sets the standard. God says, I don't steal. I don't uh, kill. You know what I'm saying. It's take a life innocently. That kind of thing. I don't murder. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't do. And I make my kids just like me. I don't want you stealing, lying, and cheating. Amen. You be accountable for what you do down here on this earth. And he helps us to be accountable. What more could we want? If God says don't lie, he gives you ability to tell the truth. Huh? We're always scared the truth is going to hurt us. As children of God, we need to reverse that. And believe that the truth will make us free. Huh? At least you won't have guilt hanging around. So God came to seek and save that which was lost. In Matthew 18.11. So he is the seeker of lost things. Lost people. But he looks for the lost. And that is souls, possessions, estate. Whether it's your spiritual estate, your state of contentment, happiness, if that's been lost to you, that's his domain. That's man rest where he stepped in on all of us. Because we were living a life of sin. One day we thought we were real happy and the next day we saw mm, something ain't right here. I cannot get out of this bad mood. You know that bad mood you used to get in and then you could put on a happy blues record? Huh? <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. Look at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. That's right, Mr. Gary. Tell the truth. Huh? Put your Marvin Gaye on or Huh? <laughs> Who was it? Barry White? Whoever, you know, get you out of your bad mood, your favorite song. Huh? Get your drink, smoke your cigarette, and swing your hips, and you was all right. But there came a time in your life that didn't work for you anymore. Huh? Didn't work for you anymore. And so you knew that something had to change and change in a big way. And so God set out to seek you and save you because now you know you're lost. See, it's one thing to be lost and not know it. You can have fun still. For all the years we were lost and didn't know it, we was having a good time. We thought we was, you know, the hit of the party. We was popping, whatever, kicking it. But then when you realized how lost you were, that's when you couldn't shake that feeling of unhappiness. Couldn't shake that feeling of depression. Your favorite song didn't work anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so we, we had to receive the Savior. And God knows the timing of all of these things. He comes at the proper time to open that door for us so that we can hit the lifeline. You know, you fall into the everlasting arms. People have all kinds of ways of describing it. But it's a rescue that comes. So you're lost. He makes you aware of it. And then he moves in and saves you. I can't think of anything better to happen in your life. If he didn't move in and save you, we'd be in bad shape. You just walk around knowing you're lost forever. But I think as soon as that revelation comes and he knows that you're ready to receive your rescue. You get your rescue. Mm-hmm. You get your rescue. So he, he is an accountable savior. 
he is his goal is to seek and save that's what what's lost and bring us into wholeness you know this revelation that we have about faith and everything that it's able to do for us and and retrieving a good life for us down here on this earth is is definitely a part of God's work you know because before people just thought you got saved to go to heaven and that was it you know and you just went to church every Sunday and sang happy songs and clapped and shouted until he came down here and got you we didn't know anything about uh, being a believer and about working for God and all believers having the ability to preach the gospel we would bring people to church because we knew it was the right thing to do but we didn't know anything beyond that you just come to church with me you know that'll cure everything and so we we came into a knowledge of God's and this is part of his restoration process of retrieving everything that's lost to us. It's like, hey, wait a minute. I'm not talking about just going to heaven. I'm talking about wholeness and soundness down here on earth. And I've given you all things that pertain to life and to godliness while you're living down here. And so when we came into a knowledge of those things, we started to get a higher revelation of life. What does God want me to do now? I'm, I'm saved now and I know there's more out here for me to do. What's my part in it? And so your part in it is to help and participate in what God has for you now to partner with him in your own life to seek the good things that he has for you always be a seeker of God and seeker of his kingdom and putting him first in all things so then God's peace that peace that he made with us through the blood of the cross comes to us in a real way there's a reality there there's a knowing there there's a a something that comes to us in a way that has never come to humanity before and that is I can expect God to bless my life right here right where I am right now I mean right here every day I can live a blessed life and that peace with God is so important because if we didn't have that we wouldn't be able to withstand a lot of the difficulties that life brings us just as natural people and so his peace is something that that comes to us in in that covenant in that first meeting with God we get an understanding that our sins are forgiven you know and it's like whoo and you you experience that because you sense that lifting of your heart and lifting of your mind where you are not afraid to go to God anymore you know you can go to him because that door has been open and so these things are realities in our lives they can't be like you take it by faith and just believe it and confess it and confess it and make it so it's not about that it's got to be a reality for us I remember Joyce Meyer uh, sharing a testimony of how she experienced the reality of forgiveness in in uh, in a a supernatural instant fashion and and she was one of those people that you know she kind of was a defensive kind of person because of her background and some of the troubles that she had experienced in her life and and she wasn't she she says she wasn't a pleasant person she wasn't a happy person and part of it was her her uh, unforgiveness toward her dad who had abused her and just living a, a difficult life ever since and so it was just hard for her to get out from under the the burden 
of sin where people had sinned against her and maybe she in, in tune had had bad relationships with other people so she'd had this thing about uh, uh, difficulty renewing her mind and that that was always something that she she worked hard at and and you know we all have the benefit of her hard work at it. You understand that that kind of stuff pays off. But she said she had a situation that came up one time. In, and she said that there was a church that she had been affiliated with. And they had persecuted her quite a bit. And she said it. she, she attempted several times to restore that relationship you know to bridge that you know somebody's got some against them you go to them and so forth and and every time she did it was rejected she said she had heard that they had a building fund after she left and they sent them a check from from the ministry and and it was rejected return we don't want anything from you and calling her false and all this kind of stuff and it's just really kind of rough on her and so she said that uh, she had wanted that relationship restored or at least let's not be enemies anymore you know lay that down let's lay it down and have peace between us okay and so she said that one day uh, her secretary in her office called her uh, on the you know in the office intercom and told her that the pastor of the church was there to see her he was waiting in, he was waiting in the lobby <laughs> And they wanted to come in and see her and would she be able to see them. And she said she felt trapped. And she said she told God she said God I believe in the power of the blood of Jesus to forgive to wipe things. She said but I got to know that today and I got to know it right now. Because these people are standing on the other side of the door and I don't feel like I really want to see them. You, you got me? And so she said that she just let that go as a prayer and she told the secretary to let them come in. And she said by the time they came in that door she said God had lifted all of that stuff off of her. She said it was like she couldn't even remember having been angry with them and in details and all of that stuff where it used to feed her mind all the time. You could remember every little detail that was gone and so you can really experience the, and see that's true peace folks if you got that stuff still hanging over you and you know you're trying to pretend to like somebody uh-uh, that's not what God's talking about uh-uh, you got a higher way to live there's a place where you can live in God where nothing is missing you got me nothing is out of joint nothing's out of kilter and so she said she was able and the people were coming to apologize to her. They were they were there because they wanted to admit to her how wrong they had been about her and to seek her forgiveness. And so she was able to give it graciously because she'd received the grace of God to forgive these people and to deal with them as, as though they'd never done anything. And so that's what God's talking about when he talks about his peace. He's not talking about just a little calm feeling. But he's talking about not having the fragments of your mind over here trying to feed you poison about people. Not having your feelings so raw that you can't be around people. That's not peace. And so if he hasn't made that for you, there's a higher thing to seek in him where you can have total peace with all men. All men. And if you don't have it, you can seek for it because we know it's there for you. So God's peace really means that you are intact in every way. 
spirit definitely soul mind body and estate he wants your body whole and healed he wants your mind whole and healed and devoted to him so that you can think the thoughts of God you can go forth in life peacefully you can carry out the will of God without doubt you know without uh, hesitation and fear and what what if this and what if that all that he wants that done away with you can't live perfectly for God if you if you have all of that stuff hounding you so God wants uh, to give us that kind of peace that wholeness and that soundness where nothing is missing when we talk about being made whole you'll see Jesus mentioned that many many times in the Bible that being made whole is something that uh, um, he really really wants for us and he's made provision for it if we can believe him for it we can know that whatever health we've had that was lost has been found in Mark chapter 6 if you'll turn there I have an example of that for us to look at Mark chapter 6 and verse 53 it says when they had passed over they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore and when they were come out of the ship right away the people knew him and ran through that whole region about and began to carry in beds those that were sick where they heard he was says and whithersoever he entered to villages cities country they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that he they might touch if it were just the border of his garment and as many as touched him were made whole they were made whole made whole now what does that that term mean you you see it a lot of lot now in uh, courtrooms and legal the the goal of every uh, uh courtroom interaction is to make the offended party whole if it's found that there has been some kind of damage or some kind of loss or some kind of breach by the person who if they found the right person you know what I'm saying and so <clears throat> that is the the goal of every courtroom interaction whether it's civil or criminal a lot of times in criminal cases they can't do it but in civil they certainly can and so to make someone whole means to retrieve everything that was lost in that situation as a result of the action of the uh, defendant okay so the plaintiff comes in there with a complaint you know I saw him riding down the street on my blue bicycle and I know he got it in his garage I want my blue bicycle back you know well the court has the 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 um, ability and the mandate to hear both sides of the argument and to determine if there has been a loss and if there has been a loss they have to seek to make that person whole people can bring suit for what they call punitive damages in other words it wasn't just my bike but I use that bike to go to the mailbox every morning and I'm missing a couple checks that would have been in my mailbox you know and then there's pain and suffering that you may see that that all of that is an attempt 
by man to restore everything that was taken from this person as a, as a result of this event. And the law attempts to consider everything. They want to see if it, you were inconvenienced in any way. If that caused you to lose something. What was the degree of your inconvenience? Uh, what is the monetary value? If, if they took it and there's evidence and we know they took it. Where is it now? Is it in good condition? It needs to be repaired. Everything, everything that was taken from you. There's an attempt to make you whole. And you know and I know that they are limited to the resources of the person who did the damage to you. The court can never go beyond that. But God can. See he's the God of unlimited resources. So if anybody can make you whole God can. That's why in the early church they frowned upon Christians taking one another to a civil court or natural court because we had a higher court to appeal to do you know that you will judge angels one day is what the apostle wrote he said why are you going to mere men to get these things because they knew God operated in a higher realm a higher law if you were missing anything if you weren't intact in any way it was God who had to restore that to you You couldn't get that from man and so this is why we we believe God to retrieve everything that's stolen what's been taken from you what do you feel a loss of God has that for you and he will restore it and make it so much better than it ever could have been do you understand what I'm saying so much better he he makes us whole in every single way God has a a, a, a way of of uh, getting those things back to us in a way that goes far beyond what we would have had had we just had that in the natural he's got to do exceed because it's been taken from you he's got to do exceeding abundantly beyond all that that we could ask or think he's got to do it he's got to make that that situation much better for you you know there are things you can you can relate to in in natural life i see sometimes uh, people who um uh mothers who have children that are on drugs or that kind of thing and and, you know you pray for God to give them peace uh, so that 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 child can be delivered or if it's a missing kid who's doing wrong or anything like that and and, in God can do exceeding abundantly you wonder why and how he can do it but he does it he does it many times if if your children are away and, and they're doing wrong things and they're not where you can see them that's a mercy you understand suppose you had to see that every day or you had to be like some some parents have to lock up their valuables so the kid don't steal them to take drugs and so forth and so on God knows how to go exceeding abundantly beyond all we can ask or think he knows how to make us whole you can be as peaceful with a situation out of joint in your life as you ever want if as if it was already corrected even more so you understand what i'm saying he knows how to make us whole he's more concerned about your your mental condition your emotional condition uh 
He's more concerned about those. Sometimes those people don't need to be where you can see them so often if your mental condition is going to be right. Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, it's, it's hard stuff sometimes, but you got to understand that God knows what he's doing. He knows how to help these situations. You can go to sleep every night knowing your child is okay. There's nothing wrong with him. You just stand on the word and keep trusting God in the situation. And then when he restores, he restores in a way where you can see goodness. You can see growth. You can see soundness and wholeness. You can see that kid prosper. You can see them blessed. And so God knows what he's doing. But wholeness, that's his realm. He knows how to make us whole. When our health is lost, he knows how to bring that to us. He and, and it's not a, a a thing where it's a, a gradual all the time. There are times when we have to use our faith and go wenting, but there are many people, like in this situation, as many as touched him were made whole. My question is, have you touched him? You got to. You got to touch him in the word. You got to touch him with your lifestyle. You got to touch. You got to walk in his shoes in order to experience the wholeness he wants. You don't experience wholeness off in a corner by yourself, just getting stuff from God with your faith. You experience wholeness through relationship with him, folks. You got to talk to him and know him and understand him, and he understands you. You got to know what he's doing in your life. You got to ask him these hard questions when things are hard for you. You got to ask him the hard questions and and man up and woman up and get the answer. I know one thing, whatever he tells you, it'll bring you peace. It won't be a question hanging out there anymore because he is the God of peace. People who have lost loved ones are given full lives. Somehow he does it or he would not be a faithful creator, folks. They're given full lives. They're given lives that are meaningful. You know, as hurtful as it is, it would be worse if God didn't intervene and and give them something meaningful in the place of that loss that has occurred. He can't bring everybody back. But he can certainly make you whole. You don't want to have to experience that, but he can make you whole. He can do it. And he does it over and over again. I see people who are uh, have lost children or something like that. And then they, they start a work that helps other parents who lost children or helps them not to lose children. You know, when you when you have a loss, you can feel like the most the loneliest person because you think it's it's only happening to you you know the enemy can isolate you in such a way that it's so painful you just don't think anybody else has gone through that pain and survived it but then there are people who can help you through that you didn't think there could be any help for you but you you live another day and you get up and you start doing things and you get up and you start investing in the lives of other people so God has a way of making us whole folks he can give you a whole life and a meaningful life and sometimes a much more meaningful life Adam Walsh who lost his son Adam Jr. to somebody abducted him and and you know just and murdered the child. There's no telling what else they did to this little boy. He was out shopping with his mother at a shopping mall, and uh, the security I guess they they started clearing people out of the store and he got lost in the midst of a crowd of people and they never saw him alive again. 
But I can tell you the work that that man does, the father has done all these years since then to apprehend criminals. He's kept the sheriffs busy everywhere around the world apprehending criminals you know just going to television studios and talking to the producers can you produce this show for me I think it'll make a difference can you do this he's made that his life's work and it's helped so many other people some of them have gotten their children returned some of them haven't but he's helped people as best he could so God has a way folks it's better than sitting pining away in depression and anger and bitterness for the rest of your life it gives you purpose and sometimes people need purpose on top of the purpose that they they've lost so that they can know this is part of life folks losing people is a part of life and God knows how to make us whole otherwise we'd be overtaken by by revenge and, and thoughts of retaliation and there's nothing worse than that to want to get even with somebody when you can't but God says vengeance is mine and once you know that vengeance is part of his his uh, ministry you know and part of his uh, goal uh, as far as things on the earth are concerned then you should have a peace I'll let God take care of this I know he'll take care of it right you understand what I'm saying and so this is this is the way it works folks but he will make us whole and he will restore everything that was lost and stolen to us God knows where everything is all the time he knows where everything is all the time in uh let me see first Samuel what did I have first Samuel 9 And don't think he has to go looking for anything, folks. Don't think you're giving God time to find something because he knows he's giving you time to, to wake up and realize he's got it. huh? And desire it and ask him for it, which is a whole nother other story. Many times we have not because we ask not. You know why? But we don't think God has it for us. You know, we have such a... a, a disconnected understanding of his love who he is what he can do and what he wants to do for you you know and for me we have to keep it on a personal level in order to receive it but in uh, 1st Samuel chapter 9 in verse 3 it says the asses or donkeys of Kish Saul's father were lost and Kish said to Saul his son take now one of the servants and go and seek where they are and Saul's been looking day in day out up and down he's gone with the servant he don't want to walk no more you know Saul's kind of like a you know a pampered boy I guess you know he walk far enough he won't go home I'm hungry I'm tired I don't want to do this no more and so God begins to talk to the prophet because that's part of Saul's journey. When you obey God and or the authority he's placed over you, you go on a journey that's ordained by God. And so God begins to speak to the prophet Samuel, verse 15. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear a day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time, I'll send you a man out of the land of Benjamin, and you will anoint him to be captain over my people Israel, that he may save my people out of the land of the Philistines. And I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. And when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, Behold the man that I spoke to you about. This same same man shall reign over my people. 
And Saul drew near to Samuel in the gate and said, Tell me, I pray, where is the seer's house? Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer. Go up before me into the high place, for you shall eat with me today, and tomorrow I'll let you go, and I'll tell you all that's in your heart. And verse 20, And as for the donkeys that were lost three days ago, don't set your mind on them. In other words, be at peace. Quit worrying about that, Saul. I know you started out looking for them, he says, for they are found. God knew where they were all the time and he held them there. He wanted Saul to get as far as where the prophet was. But Saul had to go out chasing donkeys in order to find out where the prophet was and get the next layer of his life. He says, and for they are found and he says that your father will be at peace when you get home and everything that you you knew as far as life was concerned will be okay when you get back and that's something that you need to understand when you work for God or when you do anything that God commands you to do whatever you have to leave that may be unattended will be okay God will take care of what you leave behind in your absence how many of you parents had to learn that when you started having to travel to go to conferences and go to uh, different things that we we do in the ministry and you had to leave your children say with a babysitter or something like you found out that them kids were right there you don't know what they did while you were gone and you don't want to know but when you got home Pete Pete repeat and three Pete was sitting right there intact nothing missing nothing broken no broken arms no broken teeth almost better taken care of than when you at home watching them uh-huh. not wanting to know what they're into and so we we all understand God's peace his idea of peace means that you can go about his business not worrying about what else is undone in your absence you have to be that way in God you have to be that way it, it, or the devil will, will always keep you on edge he'll keep you nervous he'll keep you but whatever it is that's precious to you when you obey God God takes care of that even when you can't see it all the time you can't be around it sometimes God is trying to free us up into living more supernaturally and trusting him from day to day for the things that that we knew need to have done in our lives I can remember talking with many women who were mothers when when, uh, I first started out in ministry and they would talk about times where God would have angels babysit their kids when they were in the house. I know angels took care of my my boy because I got back and he hadn't moved an inch you know when I had to run downstairs or tend to something and leave him unattended. I just got tired of taking him everywhere through the house with me so forth and so on. And so this this is living supernaturally living in God. God's peace and being made whole being made whole has something to do with the soundness of mind that is unmistakably God you're not in denial and it's not that you don't care about things it's that you know they're taken care of see there's a knowing that God is taking care of things because he cares for you and you got to get that burned into your your brain God cares for me he cares for everything that concerns me he cares about my bills he cares about the condition of my home he cares about my health he cares about my happiness he cares about my family he cares about every whatever it is my dog my cat my goldfish 
he cares about all of that and so he he has a way of assuring us in in leaving our minds intact being made whole has to do with uh, a soundness in your mind that gives you a confidence that your life is working out and that you don't have any fear about your future because you know your future's in God's hands and so being made whole is something that that God gives us we we can get to wholeness in in things when that's breached you can get that return to you again if the devil tries to steal your peace with worry or stealing something from you something of value sometimes we value things too highly and we need to to know that God is taking care of it even if when it is of high value as far as material sense is concerned and so when we have those situations that come about like that we need to know that God can give us an overriding abiding peace a peace that never leaves us doesn't have to lift and come back and you have to fight to hold on to it his peace passes understanding it's an abiding peace and it comes when we understand him through his word you start seeing God the way he really is not some kind of made up stories you've heard or what somebody else told you or he's a composite of uh, you know <laughs> like the police sketch artists do a composite drawing that ain't God folks God is in the Bible and you must experience him the way he really is but many times our understanding of God is just pieced together from stories we've heard and little details we hear you know God helps those who help themselves and all. you know just a lot of little foolish sayings that, that get perpetrated because we're too uh, connected to the natural realm to look into the word and see what, who he really is and that's where you really experience him God wants to give us wants to return everything to us because he wants us our joy to be complete he doesn't want you fragmented because something's missing. He can give you reassurance about uh, departed loved ones. You know, people sometimes, well, where's so and so? Where's such and such? Got to give you peace about it where you quit asking. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, you don't know, need to go to a psychic and find out something. You're a child of God. You talk to God about that. And he'll give you reassurance and he gives you understanding. God doesn't want us to be joyless. He wants us to be full of joy, full of peace. Your mind's not wandering, worrying, and wavering. He wants us to trust him. If you find that God is trustworthy, then you know that he can do anything you ask. Or he wouldn't tell you to ask him for things. He'll leave our minds intact. He saved lost humanity because people are important to him. He knows that retrieval of missing things is important to us as well. Why? Because we're made in his image. Just like we don't want to lose anything, he don't want to lose anything either. That's why he went through the lengths he went through to save mankind. He refused to lose us. And he made us the same way. So if we refuse to lose anything, we're just like him. We don't want anything to be missing from our lives. We want everything that God has promised us. There are parables in the Bible that talks about God's desire to save us. John 3.16 God so loved the world he gave his only begotten son that whoever 
believes in him would not be lost eternally. So there's your loss prevention scripture against people that, that would, would go to hell if you didn't share Christ with them. You can claim everybody in your family for salvation. God saves the whole household. He didn't just pull you out because he liked you better. You got saved. Most of us got saved. We don't know how. Don't know why. Don't know how our number just got pulled. That's that's the best you can tell people sometimes. But God began to respond to the desire of your heart for him. And that's how you get saved. Well if you do that with you he'll do that with other people. Pray for him. Nobody's too bad to be saved. You know I, I get uh, requests from people for prayer. And pray for this and pray for that. And pray for the other. I, sometimes I say God I need to check back and see if they're still believing. You know what I'm saying. Because they'll, sometimes people want to dump the burden of prayer over on somebody else. So they can feel negative about people. You can love people and believe the best for them and believe God to bring them in. You love your love your loved ones. Show them some love. Let them come over for Thanksgiving dinner. I don't care if they get food all over your nice carpet and steal the silverware. I count mine when they leave the house. I'm real sorry. <laughs> I shouldn't put that on tape, should I? Mostly I make sure it's not left in the dishwasher. But you know, but I tell Tippy, I said, let's get that box out. Count that so we can put it back in there. I would count them one, two, ding, one. Whatever. Huh? You know we got in-laws and we got outlaws, folks. We love them all. We love them all, but I'm counting the silverware. Come on now. So but but you know. Anyhow. But we love them. No, love them. <laughs> and the towels, too. <laughs> and the washcloth. Anywho. But, uh, <laughs> you know, nothing missing, nothing broken. I want to be whole when y'all leave my house. <laughs> I know how to get my wholeness, too. <laughs> and Luke 15. Let me see. Y'all better quit. I probably only got, how much time do I have, Miss Water? Okay, and Luke, Luke fifteen. <laughs> if you don't think people want stuff that's missing, I got news for you, and this is just how God feels about uh, missing things. Luke, uh, Luke fifteen and verse. Ay ay ay. Let's start in in uh, um, verse four, maybe. He's preaching around the Pharisees, so he's always giving them very, very human examples. As they don't, can't get nothing that's, you know, too far out there. He says, what man of you having a hundred sheep if he lose one of them? You got a bunch of them. If you lose one, you don't leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which one which is lost until he finds it. So Jesus then... Is setting the tone for getting humanity to understand how God feels about us when He doesn't have relationship with us. When He doesn't, He will leave the ninety and nine and go after the one. He never leaves us or forsakes us, but we got to know how what's in His heart, and we can tell what's in His heart by the way we feel about things. 
And he says when he's found it, he puts it on his shoulder rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls all the friends together and says, look, rejoice with me. I found my one sheep that was lost. Well, what about the 90 and 9? They're already secure. I got to get everybody. God accounts for everything. He accounts for everything and everybody. In verse 8 he says, Either what woman having ten pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, does not light a candle, sweep the house. Mm, probably need to do that anyway, huh? She ain't got that broom out now. She's serious. That's <laughs> just got that broom out now. She's serious about finding that. She'll sweep the house and until and seek diligently until she finds it. When she's found it, she'll call her friends and neighbors, rejoice with me, for I found that one piece that was missing. We all want to have whatever's taken away from us. If we lose it ourselves or whatever, we want it returned. He said a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father give me the portion of goods that falls to me and divided his living. Now this son really ripped the father off materially. I look at this like parents nowadays who have drug addicted children. You know they'll they'll steal everything valuable out of the house to support them. It's the same picture. It doesn't change folks. It doesn't depend on what the age is. It's all the same picture. He goes out and he loses everything. He comes to himself and repents and says you know if I go to my father I'm going to tell him I did wrong. You got me? I'm not even worthy to come back. But but you know just, just to repent and let his father know he's sorry is really all this kid wants. But the father goes even farther than that. And he begins to rejoice with him. We drop down in, in uh, verse 32. And the father is, is explaining to the older son that doesn't understand why the ripoff kid is getting mercy. Hmm? Well he was lost. People who are found can't understand the life of the lost. You know. And we don't need to. All we have to do is rejoice that they've been found. And that's what the father wanted. He said it was it was okay for us to be merry and rejoice and be glad for your brother was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and found. That's just how God looked at us when we were in sin. We were dead in sin and trespasses. And he forgave us our sins and breathed his life into us. He took us from the lowest place and put us into the highest place. Elevation is the same thing here. It's it's so God can let you know how valuable you are. If you don't know your value as a child of God. You're missing out on the greatest part of salvation. Because that's what makes us whole. Is our sense of value in God. That's what makes. That's why you don't go back and sin again, because you have a value placed in you now that lets you know you're called to so a higher life than that depraved life that you used to live while you're out there. You don't sit up and wish you could get back there and start craving things like that. You start living in the high life. If we live more in the life that He created us to live, we wouldn't want that kind of stuff anymore. You vomited in thinking about going back to that kind of life and so this son has come to himself and come to his senses 
And so God holds himself responsible to account for loss. He made sure this young man, it was God that put it on that young man's heart and caused him to reflect on what life was like with dad. You got me? And these were good thoughts. Huh? If you're reflecting on life with the family and it's all bad, he got to work on you a little bit more. You understand what I'm saying? But, but one day he came to himself. And he sat up and he thought, man, I'm living this like a, 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 I'm a street person. I'm homeless. And my family, you know, what they throw away is better than what I can't even get my hands on. You start to value the, the father's discipline. You start putting value on the things that you used to think were so hard in your life. You start putting value on things that you thought were, were, were not right and, and weren't, weren't good for you. It's when you, when you come to yourself that you start to see things the way they really are. And not the way the devil paints them all the time. The devil always paints an evil picture of things that are good for us. Paints an evil picture of discipline. Restrictions. Teaching, doctrine, all of that kind of stuff. He puts a, a negative light on it. And he always wants us to want to have fun. You know, freedom. Ah, yeah, you can wear jeans to church forever. You know, and grungy shirts. and Shirts with slogans on them that have to do with the world. You know, when God's called us to higher dignity. I mean, that may be your thing. And if that's between cool with you and God, then so be it. But you know what? He's called me. I don't, I don't look anything like I looked when I first got saved. I don't act anything like I acted. I've, I, he has called me to a higher calling. And I'm not lamenting having to leave that stuff behind. Got me? I'm free of it. I don't need it. I can come up to a higher place in God. And I seek a higher place in God. Because he's made me whole. He's made me understand what he really created me to be. And I will understand it better tomorrow. I want to understand it better the next day. I'm a work in progress just like you all are. But I'm not afraid of leaving behind the gossip, the backbiting, the craving this and wanting that and the me time and the me this. I I don't miss that stuff. You know why? Because I've been made whole. I'm not, nothing's missing, nothing's broken. He wants us to be that way. I'm not messed up in my head wanting something. You know, when I met the Lord, I had a nervous breakdown. My husband had wanted a divorce. And the day that God assured me that my marriage was secure because I placed it in his hands and I meant it, I didn't worry about being left anymore. Huh? You get confidence in God. And it wasn't like... I used to feel about being left because I felt like this. You want to go? I'll help you pack. You want to leave? I'll buy you a ticket. But you know what? God showed me a higher place to live in where I respected my husband and I respected our marriage and I put it in God's hand and I expected to be a happy marriage. You know why? Because I say daily God what is my part to do? You show me my part to do and I will do my part. You got me? So you live in a higher realm folks where it doesn't hurt you to be obedient to God because you've been made whole. 
If obedience hurts you, you need a little more wholeness in there, folks. You need a little more soundness. You need a little more, little more God, a little more word, a little more. If, if that really hurts you, if it hurts you to be kind to people, if it hurts you to be kind to people and you don't really want to be kind, you just, just need a little bit more. You know, you just need to go a little bit more further with the Lord and get that peace stored in your mind that, that helps you not to be hurt when God expects things out of you. You don't want to withhold anything from God. That part that you're withholding is the part that would get you over if you let him have it so he can make you whole and make you sound. But he is the God of loss and he's making his people whole folks. I'm telling you. He's, he's healing people more. He's showing believers how to get involved in praying for the sick and laying hands on the sick. He's doing all of that because he wants a whole people. He wants the lost found and wants us restored and established. Amen. So why don't we stop. Father we thank you for your word and understanding. Understanding that as the God of the lost and found you first start out with finding us. Making us whole. Restoring us in every way. Thank you Lord for perfect health and perfect soundness through the name of Jesus Christ our Savior, our Redeemer, and the one who makes us whole, our Advocate. He goes to bat for us to get wholeness and soundness for us in every way. And we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. If you need prayer.